That's the whole thing I talk about winning the battle in the morning. So every morning I wake up, I believe in winning the battle against yourself. People say, why do you say that? Because there's a lot of things you can control. When you wake up, I talk about making your bed. Make your bed. Make sure your house is clean. Make sure you get your breakfast. Make sure you shower, shave. Whatever you're doing, control that. Don't hit the snooze button. One of the commonalities, one of the patterns that you spot really quickly if you interview hundreds of world-class performers, and I just interviewed 130 or so for my new book, Tribe of Mentors, is the fact that they have consistent morning routines. They have some type of recipe, a boot-up sequence that they use to win the day in some fashion. The most obsolete idea is go to school, get a job, work hard, save money, get out of debt, and invest for the long term in the stock market. See, why would you save money when they're printing trillions of dollars? The gap between the 1% and 99% is massive. You see, it's not just money. You have to step back and look at the bigger picture. All these things are very important. That's been told a lot of times. Why don't you hit this news button? Because you wake up already failing. You're already behind the power curve. So what happens when you hit the snooze button? You may not make your bed. You may not do your hair the way you want it. You may not pick the right clothes out in the morning time. And I go back to this real quick. Remember how you had a job interview for a job? We've had several of them in our lives. What did you do the night before that job, weeks before the job interview? You knew you had it. You prepared your, you know, you had a bowl out for your oatmeal, your cereal, whatever you had in the morning time. Your coffee cup was out. Your clothes were laid out. You studied, you rehearsed, you were ready. You brought your best self. You were going to war with yourself because you wanted that interviewer to see your best self. You won. You got the job. After a few months in that job, you look around. You got the job. You start to back off. The clothes aren't out. You're not ready. You're hitting the snooze button. You don't get up on time anymore. You realize that you can still have this job and not be your best self. The interview you is gone. Your job is gone. You have your job, but the interview you is gone. And it ranges from, for instance, mindfulness, and that could be mindfulness meditation, where you find, say, Evan Williams, who is well-known for blogger, Twitter, also Medium, uh, who spends time every morning, as I do, with some type of meditative practice. Could be insight. It could be transcendental meditation. You could use an app like Headspace, which I think is a great place to start. And it trains you. It allows you to practice becoming more aware and less reactive so that you're not thrown off by the unexpected challenges and problems of the day. And that helps you to be much more productive and much more centered. In every one of us is a poor person. There's still a poor person inside me. There's also a middle-class person, and the middle-class persons want security. They want that steady paycheck. And there's a rich person. And they're all inside of us, except that it's not taught. If you're taught to go to school, get a job, and get a paycheck. You're not taught to how to get rich. If you're red, rich dad, poor dad, my rich dad refused to pay me. He said the paycheck was one of the most damaging things you could take in your life. He says, the moment you take a paycheck, you're an employee. And that's the mindset. 
So my rich dad never paid me. He drove my poor dad, you know, government employee, nuts. You gotta pay people, you gotta pay people. And Rich Dad was not saying that the paycheck was bad. He says he, he didn't want to be a slave to money. So winning the battle in the morning time is just that. It's that you wake up in the morning time and you own all this stuff. Because once you leave your house, the world then gets at you. And that's why I believe in not, not, not getting up in the morning time and checking your phone immediately. Everybody does that. They get up, the first thing they do is you grab the phone. Look at the phone. Maybe bad news on there. So how does your day start off? I don't go to the gym. I don't make my bed. I don't, you're caught up now on that phone. That's how your day starts. You lost control. So once you win that, once you win that battle in the morning time, then once you go out, now you've won. You go outside your house, you may lose your job. You may have a bad hit, but you won something. So as an entrepreneur, you know, if, if, if Rich Dad folded, I just run another company. I don't need a paycheck. I don't need anybody to take care of me. If my government doesn't like me, I move to another country because they need entrepreneurs mm -hmm. there. So the entrepreneur is not so much the business. The entrepreneur is really the mindset and the skill sets and the different set of rules. You see, I don't operate, small business does not operate in the same rules as big business. So you're going into battle having already won something. Haven't already won. So then, if you hit this news button, you go out, you just defeated already. You're behind the power curve. Now you've won something. You feel better about yourself. So now you're able to take these hits along the way. So that's the mindset that I think it's important to bring with you every day you go, everywhere you go in life. Win what you can. Entrepreneur is a mindset first, a skill set, and rules. And depending upon whether you're an employee or a small business, mm -hmm. the rules are different. The mindsets are different. The skill sets are different. For me, my routine is every night I stretch out. I stretch out for two or three hours every single night without fail. And while I'm stretching out, I'm thinking about my plan for the next day. And I'm thinking about all these different obstacles that may come up. So basically, a lot of us aren't prepared for life. We get up willy-nilly and just hope life is going to happen. It is going to happen. But it's going to happen with a prepared mind or an unprepared mind. Most people attack life with an unprepared mind. My last paycheck, I still remember it clearly. It was one of the worst and the best days of my life. And I was in Puerto Rico. I was, in, I was working for Xerox. And my boss gave me my last, it wasn't a paycheck, it was a bonus check. I think it was about 30,000 bucks taxable. It's the only problem with that. So I got this check and I went, holy mackerel. You know what I mean? So I was excited, but I was also disturbed. And so this other guy comes up to me, his name was John. And John says to me, he says, you're going to be back. I said, why? He says, because you're going to fail. I looked at him and said, look, a few expletive words. Because that's what he did. He left Xerox, failed, and he came back. And I said, look, da-da-da, you failed and you come, came back. But I'm going to fail and I'm never coming back. And that's the attitude. Do you know what I mean? If, yeah, if, if you say, well, if I fail, I'll go back to mommy and daddy, then that's what you'll do. What I do is I try to account for all things that could happen, might happen, probably will happen, and then the unknowns. So if you fail, that's when I became an entrepreneur because I had no money. I had no money for years. You know, I didn't have a paycheck. 
But that's what my rich dad encouraged me to do. He says, when, you're, when you don't have this paycheck, you get hungrier, smarter, and it's a test of your character. Will you become a crook? Will you become dishonest? Will you cheat and steal? Or will you become a better human being? So really, that's the benefit of becoming an entrepreneur, is you really find out who you are when you don't have anything. So you always have to look at the big picture. Too many people look at, well, what's, what's going to happen to me? When you look at the big picture, you're also going to know <clears throat> that when something bad happens, something good's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But you've got to prepare for whatever is coming. If you think next 20 years will be like the last 20 years, mm -hmm. you're going to get creamed. You know, when you and I go to the supermarket and we buy a carton of milk, we always check for the expiration date. But most people do not check for the expiration date on their brains. Instead of get out of debt, I get into debt. You know, I just refinanced 300 million in debt. I went from 5% to 2.5% interest. I made a fortune. Every month, more money comes in because my cost of money has gone down. So while some financial experts are saying get out of debt, I'm saying learn how to use debt. So basically, I can't account for everything, but I do know there could be some things that come up in life that you need to be ready for. I know for a fact I'm not going to want to work out tomorrow. Therefore, I'm preparing my mind for that. I don't want to do that. I know tomorrow will come with some difficult decisions to make. It may come with getting a phone call saying someone died. This happened, that happened. I'm always preparing myself, not in a morbid way, but just like, look, man, be ready for life. Don't let life just start attacking you left and right. Make sure that you start to build a mental armor. So when I came back from seven, in Vietnam in January of 73, the mm -hmm. first thing my rich dad said to me was go to school to learn how to invest in real estate. It wasn't real estate, it was how to use debt and taxes. Debt and taxes make the rich richer. Debt and taxes make the poor and middle class poor. So all the rich guys who are doctors and lawyers or, you know, those guys, they're getting creamed. They don't know why. Doctors are getting creamed. Oh, yeah, they make it more money, but the take-home is less. Sure. You know, I, I, my doctor just yelled at me. He was happy. He says, oh, guess what? I finally made a million dollars. And I said, yeah, this is just three weeks ago. <laughs> and so I said, yeah, well, well, how much you pay in tax? He says, 750000 in taxes. Mm. So his net was about 400000 That's not bad. But when I make a million bucks, I keep a million bucks. Mm. And the reason is because I don't make it by working for money. See, if you work for money, you're taxed. So that's why lesson number one in Rich Dad, Poor Dad is the rich don't work for money. What we do instead is we create businesses as entrepreneurs. We acquire real estate. I don't want to invest in the stock market. Okay. So the reason is because as entrepreneurs, I have more control over my income, how much I make, and how much I pay in taxes. And because I'm an entrepreneur as well as an investor in real estate, I pay zero tax. So then you're ready for life. And that comes with a very physical way. And the physical helps out the mental. Well, the thing about it is funny, man. All these uh, catchphrases, people always say, you know, failure is a part of life and failure is how you grow. I've said all that stuff before, but it really is a bunch of shit. I'm so tired of hearing all these fucking cliche, fucking goal setting, fucking posters and all that shit. Half the people who write that shit aren't even doing the shit they're talking about. Half the people talk about failure you know, they're fucking millionaires sitting back at some nice house or whatever the fuck you're talking about. So it makes me fucking nuts.
When we have obsolete ideas, we get obsolete results. So what's happening for most people, the idea of going to school, getting a job, working hard, saving money, getting out of debt, buying your house because it's an asset, investing for the long term, is obsolete. The world has changed. The world changed in 1971 when President Nixon took us off the gold standard and money became debt. You know, there's Moore's law that, Moore's law which states information doubles every 18 months. In other words, everything's obsolete 18 months. Mm -hmm. So, and this is just a recent phenomenon. So when you come out of school, you're already obsolete. And that's why I'm the old guy, you know, I meet my friends who went to Harvard. See, I went to Harvard. I said, yeah, that was how long, 50 years ago? Today, the banks are charging you interest to save money. In other words, banks don't want your money because they printed too much of it. The reason why I believe I can talk on failure is because I'm still feeling today, and I'm feeling in a major way, and I'm, and I'm living when I'm talking. So many people who talk about all this shit, they're, they're has-beens. They're people who used to do it back in the day and I talk about it. Are you living it today? So for me, failure is something that you should be afraid of. You should be afraid of, but that's why you should go out there and challenge yourself to fail. Because if you're not failing at something, that means you've set your goals to pass, to succeed at everything you do, which means you're not setting your goals high enough. So for me, okay, I will go out and break the against the rules record for pull-ups. Lofty goal, which is why I failed it twice before I finally got it. I knew going into everything I've ever done in my life, Navy SEAL training, three times before I got it. Everything I've ever done in my life took me three times before I got it. I knew that there was a huge possibility of failure. You can achieve that in other ways. Gratitude is a common element. So Tim O'Reilly, who's just an incredible entrepreneur, thinker, writer, and uh, thought leader in Silicon Valley, goes for a run and will take a photograph of a single flower on his run every morning, right? And this teaches you to pause to pause and to assess how you're, say, responding to things. So that is a really beautiful practice that can be done with gratitude lists. I use something called the Five Minute Journal, but Whitney Cummings, incredible stand-up comedian, writer, and much more also has gratitude lists. Uh, And this is, say, naming three things that you're grateful for each morning. Tony Robbins does this. Brian Grazer, incredibly well-known, iconic, TV and film producer also does this. I think he's had 180 Emmy nominations or something like that. And uh, that achieves very much the same thing of present state awareness and looking for the positive as opposed to fixating on the negative. And that's why there's just bubbles and stocks and bubbles and real estate and all this. People are dumping the cash. Because as I said in here, savers are losers and cash is trash. And yet people are, well, I want a high paying job. Well, that's an obsolete idea. Get out of debt is an obsolete idea. You should learn how to get into debt, how to use debt to get rich, and they'll never teach you about taxes. The reason the 1% is way up here and the 99% are going this way is because when you print money, two things happen, inflation and taxes. It's crushing. But what I gained from failure is this. When you see a movie and you watch a movie about a person who keeps failing, and at the end, they succeed. How do you feel as you watched it? I was able to put myself there and say, God, man, how much do you feel now that you finally got there? That's what failure has done to me. I've watched so many things and watched someone succeed at the end of it. 
It's like, God, I want to feel like that. But failure causes that one feeling. Without that failure involved, you don't have that feeling. If you just pass and you succeed and you're great, that feeling, yeah, okay, we're good. And any entrepreneur thinks, I'm just going to make money, I'm going to start a business and make a lot of money because of what we talk about, they really have got to smell the roses, man. You know, that's not what the real entrepreneurs are doing. Most entrepreneurs, there's 28 million small business owners in America. 24 million are, 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 are one-person entrepreneurs. They're called non-employee entrepreneurs. So the, because, and that's what happens is when people don't really understand what an entrepreneur does. So most people are self-employed, but they're not really entrepreneurs. The self-employed pay the highest taxes of all. And last but not least, you have say, Jocko Willink, retired Navy SEAL commander, who will lay out his clothing, his workout clothing, the night before, so that there's no conscious decision required where willpower or lack thereof could intercede. His clothing is ready. He's already set his to-do list for the next day. Wakes up at he wakes up at 4:30. That's not quite when I wake up, and grabs the clothes, boom, directly to the gym, and he has a home gym where he does his workouts. This is also very common where people recognize these very busy, very driven people that if it's inconvenient to work out, they probably won't do it. So Jocko has a home gym where barbell, plates, squat rack, three sets of rings at different heights, a kettlebell, and you're good to go. That's all you need. So there's a few of the things that I've seen repeatedly in different forms with hundreds of top performers that they use to win the morning so they can win the day. Yeah, it's also called the entrepreneurial spirit. But what we were actually talking about was there's no such thing as a bad economy. You know, there's external, you and I, we all have an external economy, but we also have an internal economy. And the willpower is to change our internal economy. So for me, I can see the good and I can see the bad. I don't really give a damn because I'm going to be rich anyway. But a poor person with a poor personal economy, all they're going to see is a bad economy. What takes you years, months, years to accomplish because you just can't get over the hump, but you continue going back to the drawing board. You're looking for those few seconds after you finally figure out the equation, whatever the equation may be, to get you to finally pass, to succeed. I live for that feeling, but I can't get that feeling without going through, fuck, I filled this equation, I filled this one, I filled this one, I filled this one. Oh, I'm figuring it out. So you start to feel it before you even pass, before you even get to, to, to the success part. And then once you succeed, the feeling is unbelievable. And you take that feeling of success through failure and you put it in your cookie jar. You say, I'll, I'll come back and get you again. I'm going to need you again down the road in my life. <laughs>